Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour three. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson. I hope you're doing well. The third hour of the program from Atlanta, Georgia, across the nation. Uh, if you hear a familiar voice on Ben Shapiro's show this evening, that'll be me. The phone number here to talk to me, 877-973-7425. All right, I, I got to talk to Steve first because uh, my call screener assures me this is worth hearing. So let's see. Steve, I hope I fired you up. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking my time. Sure. Uh, I just don't think it's fair for people to get these student loans paid off. My wife was going to school to be a nurse. I was working, traveling, doing pipeline, fixing sleep, paying for everything while she went to school. When she get done with school, I was going to go to school and she was going to pay the bills. She passed away. She never completed school. We still have these student loans. I made sure I did the right thing with two teenage children, and I paid these student loans off back in April. It took me four years to pay these student loans off. I lost my good-paying job and had to come home to take care of my children. And I just don't think it's fair that these 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 people should be able to get their student loans paid because they decide they want to go, you know, work at Starbucks or, or make sandwiches at Slotsky's Deli with their college degrees. That, that's not fair. My sister and my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law graduates from Mercer this year with his doctorate degree, and, and my sister and my brother-in-law have worked their butts off living in my grandma's old one-bedroom house making sure they ain't going to have no student loans. He's graduating debt-free. They have worked their butts off for eight years for that. And I just don't think it's fair for folks to do the right thing and for the folks to be punished. Man, that, yeah, I, I see why Charlie wanted to wanted to put you on. That's, um, one, I'm sorry for your loss, and two, yeah, you're right, and I can hear it, how fired up you are in your voice. And I just, I, you know, Democrats are so focused on, well, the abortion issue is going to win them the election. I think they don't understand the rage that this sort of issue is going to cause for a lot of people in your situation and others who are absolutely furious, furious. That, well, they're um, losing lots of voters. My brother has been decided he is no longer Democrat. He is a Republican. He don't understand why he worked his butt off to be a school teacher and pay for his student loans, making thirty five thousand a year. But someone making a hundred thousand can't pay for their student loans. Yeah, yep. All the government's doing is teaching further irresponsibility. It's it's so incredibly unfortunate. Thank you for taking the time to share your story with the audience, Steve. I, that's just I'm 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 sorry for your loss and and. I can hear the rage in your voice on this thing. This reminds me back in 2020 uh, when Elizabeth Warren was running for office and she encountered a a voter who wanted to know if they were going to get their money back for having done the right thing. So you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money, and those of us that did the right thing get screwed. Yes. Yep. We're not going to get our money back. We did the right thing. We're going to get screwed. I'm y'all. I don't know that they understand the political ramifications of this. I, I think they feel like they had to do it because they promised it and they want their voters to come out so desperately in November. It's almost kind of telling that they don't think the abortion issue itself is going to fire up enough people 
and get those people to come out. And that kind of tells me that we're headed towards a dangerous, dangerous time in politics when this is an enraging issue. And it's really enraging for people in ways that I don't, I, I don't think Democrats understand because they're in such a bubble with the media. We have guys like Steve who called his wife died, had student loans, and he worked to pay those student loans off even though his wife had died. I, I, I mentioned earlier, I was talking to a buddy of mine last night. Had a long talk. I didn't get home until about 2 o'clock this morning. We hung out and we visited, and, and he dropped out of school after 8th grade. Doesn't have a college degree is looked down on by a lot of people who have college degrees. He's wicked smart, a hard worker, worker who is a very successful businessman. Works in politics, does a fantastic job. A lot of politicians who have gotten elected who are conservatives owe their victories to him. He's built a good career as a political consultant. Worked for one of the best governors the nation's ever seen. Now a political consultant, got a number of kids. He and I are the same age, and he's got kids out of college. And he's taking care of all their college debt. He, with his hard work, he looks, gets looked down on by people who don't have, who have college degrees because he doesn't. And he's paid for his kids' college degrees. He's like, why, why have I done this? Why have I bothered? Because it was the right thing to do because it was was absolutely the right thing to do to take care of these situations. And it's I think it's immoral. I think it's immoral. The president, we now have the answer for how he wants to do this. I really did want to move on from this topic, but you do need to know this. According to the White House, the statutory authority they're using to forgive student loan debts is the HEROES Act of 2003. In 2003, after we went to war post 9-11, Congress passed a law that authorized the Secretary of Education to forgive the debts of heroes, of, of people who went off to war. Particularly what it says is in, in times of war, military conflict, and national emergency, the Congress authorizes the Secretary of Education to forgive student loan principal payments. Biden is saying that because of COVID-19 being a national emergency, he can forgive the debts of people who make $125,000 or less. The Secretary of Education says that this law, the lawyer for the Secretary of Education says that the law will allow debts of classes of people to be forgiven. I think it's going to get challenged in court. I honestly don't know. Whether or not um, he can get away with it, he shouldn't be able to get away with it. But it is constitutional nihilism, as, as I saw someone say on, on Twitter, to say this, to do this. The Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act of 2003, the HEROES Act as it was called, was designed for young men and women who went off to war so that they did not have to worry about their student loan debt as they went off to war and their families would not be burdened with those debts. 
And according to the General Counsel of the Department of Education, the Secretary of Education has the authority under the HEROES Act to reduce or eliminate the obligation to repay the principal balance of federal student loan debt, including on a class-wide basis in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. This is infuriating. This is morally reprehensible. This actually is an issue that makes me angry. And y'all, if you listen to the show, I don't tend to get angry about a lot of things. But it makes me angry. It makes me angry for you. That you will be burdened with this. And what the left says is you won't be burdened with it because you've already paid it. So you can't be burdened with something you've already paid. That's, that is wordplay. That's political alchemy. It's nonsense. What we're doing is we're teaching a class of people that they don't have to live up to their obligations. We're teaching a class of people that they can be irresponsible. We're teaching a class of people that they, in some way, shape, or form, don't have to live up to their contracted obligations, that they can get out of it, that Uncle Sam will bail them out of their problems. And you know what's going to come from this? What's going to come from this are future people who say, well, what about me? They got bailed out. Why can't I be bailed out? It's time for you to bail me out. It's inequitable for you not to bail me out. And we're going to start a perpetual future of political bailouts for classes of people. It's a dangerous precedent to be set now. And Joe Biden thinks he had to do it. A man who said he didn't have the constitutional power to do it now says he can do it because the wokes demand of it. And he needs some way to motivate them to turn out. So he's he's bailing out a bunch of 20-somethings who are the least likely people to vote, helping that they turn out as a thank you and pad the margins for him in November as a way to win, as a way to beat the Republicans. The House Republicans are taking back the House of Representatives based on redistricting alone. And now I think the Republicans take back the Senate. Here's my plea. I pray to God in heaven, you Republicans, listen to me. Stop talking about Mar-a-Lago. Stop talking about Liz Cheney. Focus all of your ire, all of your anger, all of your energy on this. It is not a loan forgiveness. It is a debt transfer to the American taxpayers. It is forcing taxpayers to carry the burden of rich white kids who are disproportionately going to benefit. It is forcing the American taxpayers to pay off the loans disproportionately of those who have the means to pay them off and have chosen not to. It is forcing responsible American citizens to pay taxes in order to allow irresponsible people to get out of their debts. And the IRS 87,000 agents will come after you if you don't pay your supposed fair share so that other people don't have to pay back their debts. 
This should be your general election issue. And if you do not capitalize on this issue and advance this issue and campaign against this issue to the working class as they're already shifting in your direction, you are politically incompetent and deserve to lose. This is your issue. You can make a case to the people who did the right thing that this rewards the people who did the wrong thing or nothing at all. You can make the case to the working class that Biden's not bailing them out of their van payments for their business and their tool loans they got for their equipment. The farmer is not getting bailed out of his loan for the tractor, but the woke law student is getting bailed out of his law school loan. This is your issue. The Democrats do not understand. This is defund the police at an economic level. The very same people who thought defund the police would be a winning political issue for them are the people who think having the taxpayers take on the burden of debt of those who contractually obligated themselves is somehow a winning issue. It's not a winning issue for the Democrats. The Republicans need to champion this issue and go after the Democrats and Joe Biden hard on this issue. They need to be the champions of the working class. They need to be the champions of the responsible against the irresponsible. They need to be the champions of the people who saved up and sacrificed to do the right thing against those who refused and want the government to bail them out. Republicans Joe Biden and the Democrats have handed you a massive issue on which to campaign in the general election. If you choose not to advance this issue as your issue to campaign against, well, you deserve to lose. American people are furious. So many of them don't have these burdens. And now they have them because Joe Biden has transferred the lawfully contracted obligations of a few onto the backs of the many who tried to do the right thing and now have to pay off the debts of others. Here's your issue for the general election. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. And they're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowling Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowling Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowling Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California you will feel the difference and they're 100% free from toxins no pesticides, no formaldehyde no harsh chemicals get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC E-R-I-C-K at BolandBranch.com that's BolandBranch B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com the promo code is ERIC E-R-I-C-K this hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan if you need alone that the government's not going to bail you out from because you're growing your business because you're hardworking and committed to the free market and not one of these woke kids who wants us to subsidize you reach out to my friends at first liberty they might be able to help you grow your business if you're buying a building building a building firstlibertyga.com doesn't matter where you are nationwide growing a business reach out to them $750,000 loans and higher though now i want to try to get in some phone calls here 
If I can, uh, let me start with George. You're going to be up next. George, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. I'm down in Noonan, home of the loan office. Oh, fantastic. Um, I'm, yeah. calling you, <laughs> I'm calling you because I've been really upset by uh, the clause in the new bill that is going to um, put in 87,000 new IRS agents. If you were in business and you had to hire 87,000 new people, you'd look at the system and say there's something wrong with our system that requires that many more employees to run the same operation. So I think our big issue that we have to do as uh, conservatives is promote less government and simplification of the government committees and, and branches that are out there because it's too complex if you have to hire 87,000 more people. And to another point that you bring up all the time, we would need a lot less government if we would follow the Christ-like image that we're supposed to be following. Mm-hmm. I have friends that are Muslims. I have friends that are Hindu and, 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 and Jewish, but they're, that they're good people and they're Christ-like, and that's the important part. We don't have to say that everyone has to be a Christian, but they sure should be Christ-like. So that means treating your neighbor and you like to be treated, and it would simplify our lives. And in education, my gosh, free choice if we don't push it. So I think as conservatives, we need to start pushing for things that are going to simplify the lives of people, not make them more complex. And the government's been doing that for too too many decades. Amen. That's well said, George. Government is so complicated. We shouldn't all have to go out and hire CPAs to figure out our taxes, among other things. Uh, and these IRS agents, now in intellectually honest, still intellectually honest and fair. They're not hiring specifically 87,000 auditors. They are replacing some people who are retiring, about 20,000. They have some vacant positions they want to fill, and some of them are secretarial, other things like that. But why are we hiring and growing and expanding the IRS? The reason there are so many vacancies at the IRS to be filled is because Congress has refused to allow them to be filled. Why? Because they know what will happen. They will free up resources to go after hardworking Americans. It's ridiculous. Michael, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, My question is um, all these different bills that have been signed recently, the idiotic climate change bill and the student loan for So how is the United States going to pay its national debt? Who's going to bail us out when we're going to be trying to get money, I guess, loaned to us? I'm not quite sure how this works, but I'm sure there's – bond ratings or some type of ratings that other countries look at the U.S. for. I know I certainly couldn't do that with, with, with my budget. I wish I could, but um, that, that's my question. If you could, oh, yeah. could help look, me out I there, mean, please. We got the full faith and credit clause of the United States Constitution. We, the taxpayers, are on the hook for that debt. We can't get out of it in the way Joe Biden is letting uh, students get out of their debts. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Uh, we will be on the hook for this, we will see the national debt grow. It is infuriating to me that this is happening. And Republicans, you better not take the bait on all the Trump Mar-a-Lago and, and Liz Cheney conversations. You better focus on the economy and this, and this will provoke more inflation. This uh, completely undoes the amount of uh, inflation offset spending or um, uh, spending reductions and tax increases uh, put into the Inflation Reduction Act. 
Not that it was actually about inflation reduction anyway. It's a climate and spending bill. But they said it would reduce inflation. This undoes all of that. And all of that spending was spread out over six years. This happens immediately. $300 billion, $2,000 for every taxpayer to be able to do this. And they think they can get away with it. Fight back at the polls. Go vote in November. Interestingly enough, uh, there's a comment from Jason Furman. He's a left-leaning um, Harvard professor, was the chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors for Barack Obama. And this is his tweet. Pouring roughly half a trillion dollars of gasoline on the inflationary fire that is already burning is reckless. Doing it while going well beyond one campaign promise, $10,000 student loan relief, and breaking another that all prov- proposals would be paid for is even worse. The White House fact sheet has sympathetic examples about a construction worker making $38,000 a year and a married nurse making $77,000 a year. But then why design a policy that would provide up to $40,000 to a married couple making $249,000 a year? Why include law and business school students? By the way, those examples also contradict the baseline some have concocted to claim this won't raise inflation. The claim it won't raise inflation is based on the construction worker going from permanently paying zero interest to paying $31 a month at an annual cost of $372. You can't use one baseline of interest payments suspended to argue this will constrain demand and then a different baseline of interest payments restored to describe the benefits. That's incoherent, inconsistent, and indefensible cherry picking. Also, need to be careful with all the distributional numbers because the beneficiaries will tend to have higher lifetime incomes than current incomes. A 24-year-old making $75,000 is likely to be at a relatively high percentile on a lifetime basis. There are a number of other highly problematic impacts, including encouraging higher tuition in the future, encouraging more borrowing, creating expectations of future debt forgiveness, and more. Most importantly, everyone else will pay for this either in the form of higher inflation or in higher taxes or lower benefits in the future. I did a thread on this the other night, but given the new announcement, you need to double everything in it. The stimulus is relatively small, a multiplier of less than one-tenth of a percent. So the inflation impact is likely to be about two-tenths or three-tenths of a percent. That's about $150 to $200 in higher cost for the typical household. If the stimulus matched what advocates use to argue, the inflation would be much higher. That is a relatively small inflation number, but would take about 50 to 75 basis points on the Fed funds rate to extinguish that much inflation. Is the Fed going to offset this, or will it do what it did with the American Rescue Plan and ignore the rapidly changing fiscal landscape? Finally... It's not obvious to me that this is reasonable for a president to do unilaterally. A number of lawyers and political leaders have argued inconsistent with the law. Even if technically legal, I don't like this amount of unilateral presidential power. I like the reforms to income-driven payments, but I would much rather have seen them passed by Congress as part of a law that fully paid for them rather than done unilaterally and unpaid for in the context of an already extremely expensive package. This is a liberal who worked for Barack Obama. By the way, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is furious. 
She says there should be no means testing. There should be no cutoff, especially for many of the frontline workers who are drowning in debt. Canceling $50,000 in debt is where you really make a dent in inequality. And the racial wealth gap, $10,000 doesn't cut it. So the left is mad and the center left is mad and the right is furious. Way to go, Joe Biden. Way to go. Well done. My gosh. Meanwhile, while this is happening, there's some news out of the New York Times. California is going to ban the sale of new gasoline cars. California is expected to put into effect on Thursday its sweeping plan to prohibit the sale of new gasoline-powered cars by 2035, a groundbreaking move that could have major effects on the effort to fight climate change and accelerate a global transition toward electric vehicles. This is huge, says Margot Oge, an electric vehicles expert who headed the EPA under Bill Clinton, George Bush, and Barack Obama. California will now be the only government in the world that mandates zero emission vehicles. It's unique. The rule will require that 100% of all new cars sold in the state by 2035 be free of fossil fuel emissions, which are currently warming the planet up to 12% today. It sets interim targets requiring that 35% of new vehicles sold in the state by 2026 produce zero emissions. The restrictions are important because not only is California the largest auto market in the nation, but more than a dozen other states tend to follow California's lead. California can't keep its power grid on. Yet California intends to do this. There's a related story and it is very related. And we need to talk about this. The first story is California banning all fossil fuel burning vehicles by 2035. You won't be able to buy a gas-powered vehicle in California. I suspect you won't be able to import one into the state because of vehicle registration rules in California. So you won't be able to cross the border into Arizona, get a car that uses gas and bring it back to California. I mean, you'll be able to drive one around. You won't be able to register it in California. Eventually you get caught. And other states will follow California's lead. California can't keep the lights on. California's power grid is not stable. They have rolling blackouts. If everyone gets a battery-powered car and they all have to plug them in at night, it will shut down California's power grid. There simply is not enough available power, nor, based on current trend lines, will there be available power to handle that many cars by 2035. That's not my opinion. That's actually based on the outside research and not just from the power companies, but from auto manufacturers, the power companies, outside agencies that run the numbers. We just aren't offsetting uh, natural gas and coal enough to be able to do this. And on top of that, with the current capacity and the increase in capacity and the seven to 10 years it takes to run new lines, California is going to make it so people can't actually drive cars in California, which is probably ultimately what they want. But now keep this in mind, by 2035, California wants people to only buy electric-powered cars, battery-powered cars, I should say. This is a story from Bloomberg News today. The headline is this, a tsunami of shutoffs. 20 million U.S. homes are behind on energy bills. Adrian Nice 
woke up early on the morning of July 25th to the news she's been dreading. The power company, Xcel Energy, had shut off the electricity to the small Minneapolis apartment she shares with her teenage son, just as a heat wave was bearing down on the city. Nice had been struggling financially ever since the pandemic hit, racking up more than $3,000 in past due utility bills. The warnings she's gotten on her monthly statement, final notice, scrawled in big, bold letters, had prepared her to some degree, but it was still jarring to find the fridge dark and the air conditioner silent. With temperatures set to reach 95 degrees Fahrenheit in the coming days, she needed the power back on fast. The nice household is one of 20 million across the country, one in six American homes that have fallen behind on utility bills. It's the worst crisis the National Energy Assistance Directors Association has ever documented. Underpinning those numbers is a blistering surge in electricity costs propelled by the soaring cost of natural gas. The power crisis is more acute in Europe, where the spike in natural gas prices has been far greater in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Policymakers there have sprung into action throwing billions of euros in aid to struggling families. Utility shutoffs can have deadly consequences. A risk becoming more palpable as summer heat shatters records. Already gunch punt, gut punched by soaring prices for much about everything, more and more people are facing a choice among food, housing, and keeping the power on. Now, you think about this. You think about this. There are people in America today who can't afford to keep their light bills on. They, they can't afford to keep the power. They're struggling. And who did Joe Biden decide to bail out? Not these people. Not these people. Joe Biden decided to bail out the rich woke kids who are starting out at $75,000 salaries in their 20s. Adrian Nice is not in her 20s. She's older than that. She has a kid. And she's struggling to make ends meet. And the $75,000 a year worker who's 25, who's going to be making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year by retirement, is getting a bailout. Ms. Nice is a 45-year-old house cleaner. Her work dried up when COVID hit. Things are picking up again, but inflation is eating into the money she makes. Just filling up her old Saturn costs $50 a week. She's found it impossible to set aside money to pay all of her bills. She's really struggling. She's really struggling. These kids are out of college in their 20s. They may be struggling. I struggled. But I was making $35,000 a year. I'm still paying back my loans now. But I worked. I saved money. I had to go into forbearance a couple of times. I tried to find a better job. I found a better paying job so that I could keep meeting my obligations. She's a 45-year-old housekeeper without a college degree. She doesn't pay taxes given her income level. But if she made a little more, she would. And she would be covering the costs of the kid out of law school. And the kid out of business school. Keep in mind, uh, the Biden administration's rule will cover the cost of student loans for law students and business school students, not just undergrads, but these grad students, law school, lawyers, 
that's who these people will be bailed out. And meanwhile, this woman's power is going out because she can't afford the power bill. That's a pretty damning indictment on this policy. It's generating rage from the left is not enough, from the center left is irresponsible, and from the right as a bailout for the wrong sort of people, as a bailout the government shouldn't do, as a generator of moral hazard. And now California wants people to buy battery-powered cars. Cars with batteries, electric vehicles, they're actually powered by coal and natural gas. But they use a battery instead of a fossil fuel burning engine. California can't keep its power grid going. California can't afford the electricity bills right now. If everybody in California had one of these cars and plugged them in right now, the whole power grid would be shut down. And here's a woman who couldn't afford it. She couldn't afford it. She can afford $50 for gas for her car right now, but she can't afford the electricity bill. This is a woman who can drive her car to go to work because it uses gas, and she couldn't afford the power in California to charge her car. This is the way the left wants this country to work. They want this country to become a dystopian future. They want this country to become a dystopian third world hellhole. That's what they want because they think it'll be good for the environment. They believe we must suffer so Mother Nature can heal. They don't want Greta Thunberg to scowl. So screw the poor. They'll bail out the law school students who have high income earning potential. That's why so many working class people are becoming Republicans and Republicans should seize on all of these issues and make a comprehensive case, an overarching narrative about how the Democrats are not just bad for the working class, but bad generally for America. And they'll have a path forward in November to take back the Senate, the House, and make gains at the state level too. One of the groups that's helping them make those gains is Patriot Mobile by taking a portion of their profits and funding the conservative movement, the pro-life movement, the Second Amendment movement. They do this by you becoming a partner with them. You take your cell phone business to them. You roll your phone number over to them. You get a new phone number from them if you want. You can bring an unlocked phone or get a new phone from them. And then the profits they generate go to the conservative movement. They're Christian conservatives. They share your values. They want your business. They're not woke. They're a good fit for you. If you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, you can see their service. You get guaranteed great service from them. So go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. You can tell them I sent you. You get free activation. They give you incredible discounts. You're a teacher, a first responder, even an NRA member. You get great, great discounts. Your police officer in the military get good discounts. Large family, multiple lines, you get good discounts. And a portion of their profits goes to the causes you care about. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, or 972-PATRIOT. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, the phone number, well, don't worry about it. We, we don't have enough time for any more phone calls. Um, I, I want to bring you up to speed on a story I've talked about a lot here. It, it became a national story. It happened in Atlanta uh, Richard Brooks. You may recall the story. It made national news all over the country. Drew a lot of protests, led to the death of a little girl at a Wendy's parking lot. Uh, Richard Brooks fell asleep in the drive through Wendy's parking of a Wendy's drive through. Uh, they had to call the police to come wake the guy up. They got him parked. They made sure he was okay. They ran his, his plates and stuff. They realized he was on probation or some such. Uh, and they had to take him to jail. 
And when they announced that they needed to take him to jail, Brooks went from a very docile, sleepy man to instantly violent, fought off one of the police officers, knocked him down, gave him a concussion, grabbed the other guy's stun gun, or, or grabbed one of their stun guns, took off running. The other police, Garrett Rolfe, gave chase. Rashard Brooks turned around and fired the stun gun at Rolfe. Rolfe pulled his gun and fired, killing Rashard Brooks. There were protests. It was violence. And the local district attorney, not the current district attorney, the one investigating Trump, the prior one who was already involved in scandal and fighting for re-election, thought that he could fan the flames of racial injustice and, and, and distrust of police and use this to win re-election. And so he arrested the police officers who had done nothing wrong. Had Rashard Brooks incapacitated Garrett Rolfe, for all Rolfe knew, Brooks could have taken his gun and gone off on a crime spree. He could have. I mean, hypothetically, he could have. Rolfe didn't know. He did it, did what he was trained to do. Rashard Brooks fired at him. He pulled his gun and fired and killed Rashard Brooks. And because it was an election year and the DA was running for office, was embattled, there were all the, the defund the police movement in the wake of the, the George Floyd situation, he charged the police officers, uh, Rolf and Devin Bronson, Brosnan, criminally. Rolf was accused of murder. A special prosecutor was appointed by the new DA, Pete Scandalakis and Danny Porter, and they have dismissed the charges. They called the situation rapidly evolving. And they said they didn't look at the case with hindsight. They looked at how quickly the circumstances changed and was it ob objectively reasonable to use deadly force? And they concluded it was. And that actually comes from a Supreme Court case in 1989, Graham versus Connor, on the use of excessive force. That you can't look at these cases in hindsight. You can't armchair quarterback a police officer in a high tense situation. And that's what the DA did. The DA decided to armchair quarterback it in hindsight during the middle of his own reelection, trying to save his skin. The officers never should have been treated the way they were treated. If anything, they deserve compensation from Fulton County in Atlanta for the way they were treated. They did nothing wrong. Richard Brooks messed up, made a bad choice, and wound up dead. It's not the fault of the police officers that he behaved the way he did and caused that response from the police. But nobody wants to be held accountable anymore. They want to find other people to blame. Just like bailing out the student loans of, of kids who could afford to pay them off and they don't want to. It's all about blaming others, schools and whatnot. They should have never done what they did.